In your mind, how do you define a successful career for a Notre Dame starting quarterback? Winning a national championship. Big win over Pitt. They're coming off of Clark Lee, another dominant defensive coordinating performance. Here is what the Notre Dame defense has given up on the season so far. 13, 0, 26, 7, 3. Those are the points per game that Notre Dame has given up on the year. Clark Lee coming into the season, everybody's saying that is going to be a future head coach. He is proving, doubling, tripling, quadruple down on that fact. He looks absolutely tremendous, as does Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa continues to separate himself from linebackers all around college football. PFF grade in the 90s a week ago, 90.5 coverage grade he had. That is rare to see, if ever, to see that from a linebacker, but everybody kind of remembers that play where he's tracking the receiver, sitting right in the hip pocket, flips all the way around, intercepts the football. It just is starting to feel like every week it's going to be another teach tape clinic of, oh, that's how you play the rover position. I just don't see other linebackers that come up and fill in the run game in space, rush the passer, and be comfortable playing the passer as he tries to escape in space, covering in space, than Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. There's not a weakness to his game. He has instincts. He has a sense. He has closing speed. He has hip moveability. He can stick with tight ends, stick with receivers. Running backs don't want to match up with them. Owusu-Koromoa. Offensively, it was a different kind of day. You know, this was a Tommy Reese offensive coordinator job that said we have to get the passing game going. It was everything that we talked about on last week's podcast. That is what we saw on the field. They were just trying to get easy completions. They were trying to get baby Gronk going. Well, I have to say, Michael Mayer has proved to me this is not only a freshman phenom from a physical standpoint. He understands route running. He is a patient route runner. And he'll kind of take his time, make it look like he's really going to run a slant, and then break to the flag on wheel routes. He'll be patient and try to make the defender think he's going to do one thing and then do the other. And you'll hear from Ian Book how smart he thinks the young freshman is here in just a second, too. He's really emerging as a great weapon in this passing game. And as you don't have Kevin Austin, as you don't have Braden Lindsey, he is going to have to emerge as somebody who can dominate in the passing game. Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey, that type of player. He is going to have to be open on a consistent basis, and he's proven to have a skill set that will be able to accomplish something like that. For Ian Book, I didn't think it was the greatest game he's ever played in his life. He'll touch on that, but it certainly wasn't a bad game. First 300-yard passing game of the season, three touchdowns, showing athleticism in the run game as he always does. This is going to be the formula. They're going to have to have this quick passing game, get the ball out of Ian's hands. Ben Skoranek's going to have to go win jump ball situations. They're going to have to get Javon McKinley going in those kind of situations as well. I still think Tommy Tremble in the passing game has just done a small fraction of what he's capable of. We've really seen more from Michael Mayer, but it was a coming out party 
for Ben Skoranek, who coming into the season seemed like he was going to be the number one wide receiver for this team. Then he got hurt too. Now he's gotten healthy. Now he's starting to show that he can be a dominator. I mean, he went up and got two 50-50 situation plays, took both of them to the house. He looks great. He looks he looks better than good. He looks great. Um, he's going to have to look great. Also, watch the Clemson tape this week just because out of sheer curiosity. How did Syracuse stick in there, stay with them like that? I think it looks like looks like a beatable team. It really does look like a beatable team. Syracuse was getting a pass rush on them. Um, they were hanging with them, scoring points with them. There was a couple throws that really just got away from Trevor Lawrence, which I was not expecting to see. Threw one way behind Amari Rodgers when he was wide open running right down the seam. Ball ended up getting intercepted, returning for a touchdown. There was one other where he just was floated about 15, 20 yards over receiver's head and should have been intercepted and wasn't. So as dominant as I expected Clemson to look, they certainly came in a layer or two beneath that. And they look beatable. And while Notre Dame has all these receivers down, remember Justin Ross was going to be easily the best Clemson wide receiver coming into the season. Don't get me wrong, they have some freaks on the outside still. But they're without their best as well, and they're down to two, three, four, five, who now have to be one, two, three, four. But this past game against Pitt was the first time where I felt like the passing game of Notre Dame could keep up. They could score points with the Trevor Lawrence-led offense. And Ian Book was 16 of 30, and I think he's going to be regrettably 16 of 30. And you'll hear it even in his voice and his inflection, some of the things he says about flying home from Pitt, what he was thinking about with his individual isolated performance. If he was 21 of 30, if he was 23 of 30, somewhere in that range, if he just completes a few more of the passes that we're used to seeing him complete, I mean, Baby Gronk should have easily had three touchdowns. He should have easily had three touchdowns. They had the one right at the goal line where he's running the flag route, and the DB who was covering the flat floats all the way back to go get underneath the one to baby Gronk. If you float that back pile on, just put it way back there and let Gronk go be, you know, 6-6 monster. That's one of his touchdowns. And the other one, you may remember too, he's running the wheel route right up the sideline and the pass ends up floating out of bounds. But there was nobody between him and the goal line had he wound up catching that ball. So there's still as good as it was and as dominant as a performance as that game was. You want to beat Clemson? There was probably 10 plays that Notre Dame watched the film back and felt like they left on the field. And it's okay when you still have one final week to calibrate against Georgia Tech. The play calling's now there. The throws are open. Just start to complete the easy ones, and it'll take so much pressure off a running game that's already there. Here is Notre Dame quarterback Ian Book on the State of the Union. Through five weeks, how would you define the offensive identity of this team? Yeah. Um, you know, we've been talking about that as an offense. Um, it was something that coach Reese asked us, uh, you know, week one and we didn't, we didn't really know we wanted to figure it out and we needed to play some games. And I think after last week, we found a little bit of that. Um, I don't know if there's one word to describe it, but this team's just flying around and having fun. And, um, one thing we talked about for sure was starting fast and finishing strong. And, uh, we were able to do that last week and play a bunch of guys and, um, I don't know if there's an exact word for it yet. We might get there, but this team's physical. That's probably the first one I'd go with. And uh, it's just fun to play with these guys on Saturday. Uh, everyone's flying around, and you see that. You know, they put in the work and the preparation during the week, and you just see the results on Saturday. And this team's just physical. It's smash-mouth football, and it's fun to be out there with these guys. 
And this year you get the same crazy pressures that associate with being the Notre Dame quarterback, but you're also living a bubble boy lifestyle. It seems like a lot of time with your own thoughts. How are you hanging psychologically? Right. I'm doing great. Um, I mean, this whole COVID thing has just been crazy, but I've been able to adjust. Um, my fifth year, non-degree seeking, um, getting my class done, and I am living in a bubble. I, I go home, I stop and get Chipotle to go, and I come to the Goog, and that's it. And that's been my life, and I, I, I enjoy it. That's why I came back, is to have a season like that. And, um, you know, trying to, you know, acting like a professional and just trying to, just focus on football as much as I can and, you know, meet with Coach Reese. And um, I honestly think, you know, you can find some positives with this COVID thing. And one of those is, you know, the fact that I got nothing to do but COVID. And, you know, my mind's, you know, set straight and I just want to go out there and win with the guys. Seems like back-to-back windy-ass games that you've played in. Which one was worse condition-wise? Uh, the home, the uh, Louisville game was unbelievable. It was uh, – I mean, you, you can spin the ball through some wind, but that was some next level stuff. And, you know, we tried not to talk about it and we wanted to throw the ball around. And, um, you know, we were able to run the ball a lot, which is great with this team. And, um, but it was that was the windiest game I've played in. I know I said that to you on the sideline, and, but it was still fun. And when, when you have a run game like that, there's nothing to worry about. So it's a great compliment. And uh, yeah, it was windy, though. How do you play in windy games? Like, What's what's the secret to throwing through the wind? Try not to think about it. <laughs> That's the biggest thing. You think about it, it it'll take it. And um, you just – I don't think there's a secret to it, honestly. You just uh, just do what you do, go out there and, you know, try not to think about it. It's honestly my, my best uh, recommendation for that one. In this pit game, you were 16 of 30. It's your first 300-yard passing game of the season. Three passing touchdowns. Your isolated performance – how did you feel about it flying home from Pittsburgh on Saturday night? Yeah, I, I felt, you know, I felt good about it. And um, I was extremely happy, you know, obviously felt good to throw for 300 and have guys go up and get the ball like that, like, like Ben did and, um, you know, Michael Mayer. Um, but uh, we watched the film yesterday that I could have had a, a way better game. There's always stuff you can fix. And um, there were some plays. I missed throws that, you know, I usually don't miss. And, you know, it's frustrating. And um, I just wanted to look at those you know, you know, the fine details to why I didn't miss some of those throws and I could have had a better night. I look forward to having a better night. Baby Gronk could have had three touchdowns against Pitt, couldn't he? Yeah, he's really good. Baby Gronk. I like that. Yeah. Um, He's really good. He's talented and uh, his maturity as a freshman is, it's unheard of. He's out there and he loves, I love playing with him. He's fun. He goes up there and gets it. He just works so hard throughout the week and I'm glad it's paying off for him. What, what do you think about the Baby Gronk nickname? Like, can you take me to the origin of that? Like, where did I that come from? I, he's got a couple. I don't – people kind of call him everything. I don't I, – I like the Baby Gronk one. It fits. And, um, and he's physical like Gronk. He goes up there. He makes the catch. And he kind of looks like him, honestly, a little bit, doesn't he? Oh, he does. Yeah. Hair, so, yeah. He's, he's unbelievable. And, you know, happy to – love having him on the team. And I love playing with him. There was no spring football, so how the hell did this guy learn the offense that fast? Yeah, he's a smart kid. We got a lot of smart guys on offense who, who understood that COVID, you know, took time away from us getting some reps, and um, we saw that with Ben. You know, he's a fifth year, not a freshman, but he had to come in, and he had flashcards going every day. Uh, you know, I saw it, and the care factor is high, and uh, that's what it's like in Notre Dame. Honestly, you recruit guys like that who who care and want to play, and when you got freshmen who know everything and uh, I mean, there's nothing, 
that just makes me feel good out there. You know, everyone wants to learn and um, we didn't get a spring ball. So those guys were doing it on their own and we were able to meet and get some throwing sessions in. So it was awesome. It's pretty clear that Tommy Reese has rewritten the code of the Notre Dame offense this year. So in year five, how would you describe or define what your new role is right now? Yeah. Um, you know, first off with Coach Reese, he's done an unbelievable job. Um, I say it every year. Uh, just happy to be his quarterback, you know, have him be my coordinator. He's, he's unbelievable. He's so smart. He understands, you know, where to attack. Um, so just seeing him, you know, do his thing and being with him when he was the quarterback coach and then moving to OC, uh, he's just a, done a phenomenal job. He's in the building all the time grinding, you know, for us and putting us in the best situation possible. So I just love having him as a coordinator. So I want to give him some praise there. So, so but your role. The yeah, I'm sorry. I know. I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, we talk about it all the time. Just deliver the ball to the playmakers. I don't need to do anything special. He tells me that a lot. Don't put the whole, th- you know, the whole game plan on your back. You don't need to make super, superhuman efforts. Just go out there and, and deliver the ball. Do what you do every week. Get the ball to our playmakers. He's going to call the right plays and attack certain areas. It's my job to get it there. And then in the run game, make some smart, smart reads as well. So that's what he's been telling me the last couple of weeks. You know, I don't need to, I don't need to overthink anything. I don't need to be out there, you know, putting all this pressure on myself to make a crazy play. It's, it, if we just do the routine stuff, we're going to get it done. What's it like playing the quarterback position when your most notable playmakers are two tight ends and a running back that's catching a bunch of balls coming out of the backfield? Yeah. Is that like when you're looking around and, you know, all these receivers are banged up and everything this offense right. is going through? Um, it just kind of shows you the next man in mentality. And even when it's not next man in, it's a starting running back like Kyron. We got to play and, you know, play to his strength and he can catch and he can run routes. So why not use him? And again, with two tight ends who can go out there and we can get a matchup on a linebacker, you know, that's, that's gold right there. That's what we want. So again, with coach Reese, just, you know, finding, you know, the guys in our system and what they can do and, you know, um, running plays that, you know, help kind of like for like, for example, kind of help them just get in the best situation possible and, and, exploit the defense and go in certain areas that he can see and then get our playmakers in that area. Yeah. Yeah. So you, the receivers on the outside, Braden, Lindsay, Kevin Austin, they were just getting healthy. I mean, they were just yeah. getting back on the field. What happened this past week? Yeah. Uh, it's tough. It's football and uh, you lose guys and the guys go down quick. And after that first game, you, you're playing games injured and that's how that's the game of football. It's how it's always been. And, Again, the next man up mentality. We got guys stepping up this week, today in practice, and you name it. But um, you know, we got some guys that are nicked up. They'll be back. I don't know, you know, the exact details on everybody, but um, you know, I know Braden. Obviously, everybody saw. You know, he grabbed his hand, and so he's been battling through it. I know he's going to get back, and when he comes back, we're going to use him again. And um, same thing with Kevin. He was doing an unbelievable job. He's doing everything you asked him. Um, obviously, you know, had a, had an injury and. I don't know his timeline as well, but he's here every day. He's still in the receiver room. You know, he's bringing up the freshman. He's still bringing the juice, and that's what we need from him. Yeah, I thought Ben Skoranek was going to pop week one. Of course, he had the hamstring injury yeah, as well. Right, right. What has he added most since getting healthy? Yeah, yeah. Um, leadership. Uh, he know, Like I said, he had flashcards day one. He knew everything. He knows every position. If he needs to go play the slot, he can do it. If he needs to go play the boundary, he can do it. Uh, last Saturday, he wants to be to the field, number one outside. 
he can do it. And he showed that yesterday. He showed that in Louisville. He can make contested catches. Uh, he can. He's tall. He's rangy. And, again, he's smart. I think he can find green grass and be in the right area at the right time. Yeah, you kind of just threw two balls up to him this week where it was like right. he had to make you right. Right. What is it about him in particular where you just trust in 50-50 situations? Uh, just first when he came in. You know, he's one of my good friends, and I could see it in his eyes that – I mean, he grew up in Fort Wayne. He wanted to go to Notre Dame. This is this is like, this is the spot for him. And um, he did. A, he had a great career at Northwestern. And I can tell this is different for him. Um, he just wants to, you know, leave his legacy here. And he's here for a reason. He didn't come here to, you know, be average. And he wants to have an unbelievable season. He was set back a little bit in the beginning, and he knows it's time. And um, I just got trust. I've been having. He came out to. Um, he came out to California during the quarantine. We got reps in, and, you know, I know where he's going to be at the right time. And I just trust him to go up and make the plays. Obviously, I showed that on Saturday. Just those balls, there was two defenders there. You know, I need a guy like that, and he was able to do that. And on the deep touchdown, you took a big shot right as you threw it, too. I mean, you're on the ground by the time he caught it. How did you figure out that he actually caught the ball on the field? I asked one of the linemen. I had no idea. <laughs> normally, like, if you, if you hit the ground and you hear a roar, and we were at Pitt with state with fans. It's a pick, right? And, you know, and if we're at home and you hear a roar, something good happened. I didn't hear anything. There weren't that many people there. So I just heard a couple clapping, you know, I didn't see anything. I got up, the linemen came over, we were cheering. I look up on the board and I, I they're showing the replay. I was like, that's what we needed, man. That's that's why, you know, the, my confidence with him is is really high. And uh, he showed that. I know he's got a lot more to come. Even though that you guys are undefeated right now, how is having Clemson on the schedule force you to never get complacent in a season right. like this? Uh, again, talked about it last week. You know, we feel like we're going like this. You know, we're starting to starting to just gradually get better and better and better. And um, with Clemson, you know, we know they're there, right? We got they got to beat Georgia Tech, no doubt. But we know Clemson's, you know, the game right after that. And um, I think it just motivates everybody. Um, it's, it's obviously going to be a huge game. You've got to be Georgia Tech first, but um, everyone's just excited for it. It's going to be an unbelievable matchup, and um, I think the guys are just excited for the opportunity. That's why you come to Notre Dame, playing games like that. It's been circled on the schedule forever, and we still feel like we're gradually getting better and better, and um, it's a good time to be going up and up. It is. It is. I, I have both eyes watching all of your snaps all year. But side eye kind of always watching Trevor Lawrence and just keeping no it going on over there. When you watch him play, when you watch highlights, like what makes him a star? What makes yeah. him that superstar level? Um, I think his composure. Obviously, his arms, it, you know, his physical ability speak for himself. He's tall. He's faster than a lot of people think. He's extremely accurate. His anticipation is unbelievable. Um, he's, but I think he's really smart. And I think his composure, you know, you never see that kid freaking out when bad plays happen or, Taking out when good plays happen. He's level-headed. He's there to win. He's a winner. You know, I've been able to meet uh, him and hang out with him before at the Manning Passing Academy and throw with him as well. He's he's a good dude, and um, he's going to be a heck of a quarterback for a long time. So he's just fun to watch in general. What's his personality like when you get to hang? He's really grounded. Just a good kid. Um, he was there was a thousand kids running around at this Manning camp, and you know, he would take hour. Everyone wants his signature, right? So. He take hours and hang out with everybody. He's just a good dude. Um, he loves to compete. When we were able to go out there and throw with all the college guys, uh, but the main thing I saw was he was he was sitting there signing stuff for people, having a good time with the kids. You know, he's not not too big for that moment. For sure. You guys on a text basis at all or no? 
I have his number. I don't. Uh, I haven't texted him, but I, you know, I want to say something to him. You know, when we play him, say good yeah. luck and the rest of the way and stuff. Yeah, he he did a good job too this all season in terms of getting football on the field too. Like I think he scored a lot of points with a lot of football fans taking right. the stance he did to get football back. No doubt, he was big on social media. You know, I follow him on that. Um, he's got a big voice. He's Trevor Lawrence, and he did a good job. And um, you could tell he's just a good grounded kid with everything that he's putting on his social media, trying to help out a lot of people. Mm-hmm. When I start looking at all these all-time Notre Dame charts and you're floating, your name's floating out there with Brady Quinn and Jimmy Coulson and Tommy Reese and those guys, what will it mean to you to be etched into eternity with names like that? Uh, it, it's crazy. I've never really even thought about it until, you know, somebody will say like, oh, you just passed Coach Reese. And I just never even think about it. But I think when I leave here, it'll really hit me that, you know, it's just a dream come true. I've been wanting to play college football since I was in third grade. End up at a place like Notre Dame, just never thought it would have happened. And just to be here, I just feel extremely blessed and fortunate. And just to sketch my name in some of those would be awesome. Um, and I, I can't really explain it. It's just kind of a dream come true. And it's really fun when you pass Coach Reese, I'll tell you that. Kind of did you say to him? How did that conversation go? Yeah, he told me in the locker room after the game. I, I didn't even know about it. And he was like, you just passed me. Congratulations. And, I now have that one on him, so it feels good. Do you talk a little trash or not? A little bit. I know he's got me in some other stuff that I want, so I gotta, I'm got i going to wait a little bit. Uh, one, one number I was looking at that I'm going, how is that possible? Uh, your passer rating when you're clean is 91.8. Under pressure, 124.0. Explain to me how that's possible. Didn't know that either. I'm not a big stats guy. I, just, I, I learn a lot when, they, when you guys tell me that. So, um, that's really good. I like that. You know, I think a lot of teams probably game plan for me and want to bring, bring a lot of pressure. Um, just means you got to be dialed in even more. You got to understand your reads and that's going to go back to the whole week of, did you prepare the right way to, and to get out of that. And I take pride in that. I meet with coach Reese a lot. So just to hear that stat, you know, I've never heard before that it, it feels really good. You know, it shows that a little bit of it is paying off. I got a lot more to do, but you know, that makes me feel pretty good. You know what I was also thinking, just looking at the stat, is that you probably haven't been under pressure that much. You know what I'm saying? I got a great O line. <laughs> when, you, when you probably look at the plays, it's probably a much smaller sample size, sample size under pressure than it is uh, from the clean pocket. What's it like to play behind that offense line? Are you just standing back there, going, "Damn, they're really not here yet." Are well, they? I don't know anything. Uh, I don't know anything else. I, honestly, I've been blessed. Again, fortunate. Just. Just to play with those guys for so long, you know, they have so many snaps and experience and to go out there and not have to worry about anything. Um, you know, we'll check some protections here or there, but these guys know it. Jarrett, Jarrett's unbelievable. You know, he does a good job communicating everything. Just to have experience and leadership on the O-line like that, uh, you honestly can't ask for anything more as a quarterback. And that's where it all starts. It starts with them. And um, I just feel lucky. I, I got an unbelievable O-line. I, I've said it, you know, last couple of weeks. I think they're the best O-line in the country. You know, they work like they are. They got great habits. And um, again, I just I, I'm in a great spot. So I love it here. Do you get freedoms to make checks, do things like that? Now being a fifth year guy that you didn't get in the past? Yeah, a, a little bit more. I mean, Coach Reese is in the box. He's got his own plan for sure. And we're able to communicate that, um, you know, through the sideline. But yeah, there are checks for certain plays on certain looks and protection wise. You know, I, I get the final stay and uh I think that's huge just for, you know, my preparation as well. Mm -hmm. In your mind, 
how do you define a successful career for a Notre Dame starting quarterback? Uh, winning a national championship. That's what we need. And um, we got an opportunity to do that this year. It's early, right? But, you know, we, again, like you see Clemson on the list, we can see, you know, down the line, if we keep doing what we're doing and keep gradually, you know, getting better every week, playing for each other, you know, it's not out of sight. That's for sure. So I think winning a national championship is the best answer for that one. The, the thing about the Clemson game, especially round one, is that it feels like it's a two round fight no matter what. Do, do you right. feel that? Too? Yeah, we talked about that. You know, some of the guys were talking about that a couple of days ago. Um, yeah, it's it's a two round fight with these guys. We know you're going to see them again. So. Again, another opportunity at it, though. Yeah. Those were some good questions. I think the, you know, what makes a true successful Notre Dame quarterback, that's a good question. I might think about that one some more. I know a natty is the, the easy go-to answer, but that, that's kind of what we want. We always just talk about graduating our players and winning a national championship. It's written everywhere in our facility and talked about in all the meetings, and, and that's what we got to do. How about how about just any good stories? Like just hanging out with Tommy. Like, is there anything that sort of paints the image to, for fans about the bubble boy life and what how late you're staying at the facility and like yeah. watching film? Like anything yeah. to just bring that to life. We'll be watching film and I'll leave. It's late. I'll go home, do what I got to do, and then he'll shoot me a text at like midnight, and I'm still up, you know, doing something. And he'll text me. You know, what do you think here, here, and this? Do you like this? Check out, and he'll send me a little video. Watch this clip. See how he reacts here, blah, blah, blah. Just shows his preparation again. Um, he just enjoys watching film. He enjoys attacking defenses. You know, it's a, it's like a chess match. You know, it's finding the right strategies. He's unbelievable at that. He's one of the smarter guys, you know, smartest guys I know. And, um, you know, people saw that when he was a player. You know, he could see defense. Now he's a coach. It's, it's, it's even better, and. Uh, I couldn't really think of anybody else to learn from that I would, you know, that I would want to learn from. And, uh, he's up late grinding, and that's the best. He's going to put me in the right situation, no doubt about that. He's a perfectionist. You yeah, know? yeah. He's a perfectionist. Does it make you want to coach after you're done playing? Yeah, I don't know. We talked about it before. Um, I'm not sure. I don't really know. Kind of taking every every day by day, but. I would tell you, like in high school, I thought about it, you know, maybe be a quarterback coach. And then I didn't really know. And then I started playing and I see, you know, what he's doing, how much he enjoys it. It's, it's definitely an option. It'd be, it'd be, you know, it's a great job. And people say, you know, whenever football ends, it's hard to leave it. You want to get back in it somehow. And that's what he did. You know, he was done. And he was like, he realized real soon that it's part of his life and he wants to be involved in it somehow. And he came right back into it. Dude, great seeing you, as always. I appreciate it. Right. 20 minutes that people will really enjoy hearing from you so yeah, no worries appreciate it